0: As we are guided and facilitated on retreat brought up into these higher vibrations, we can release all of these lower level dissonant energies so that we actually sustain a higher state of consciousness.
1: Welcome back. Thank you for being here once again. I'm reconditioned with me Lauren Vacname. I really really am excited for you guys to hear today's episode. Plant medicine is something that I have been really on a journey of looking into and delving into recently. They say that plant medicine calls you when the time is right, and I've certainly been called to it. And some of you will have seen my Instagram stories about my microdosing journey with psilocybin, and more of that to come. But this episode was so incredible. I'm so interested in people making businesses around things that can help heal the collective because that's what we need right now we all need to be doing stuff to help heal the collective. Um, So this is really interesting because I think plant medicines or psychedelics are one of those things that is really going to propel us to the next level of our spiritual evolution as a collective. So I'm excited for you guys to hear this episode. Spotify has a new thing now where you can rate the podcast and it doesn't have to just be on iTunes anymore which is great because most of you listen on Spotify. Literally it's two seconds just go to the top of the podcast underneath where it says recondition with Lauren Vaknin and there'll be some stars there. Feel free to click five stars if you enjoy it which I'm hoping you do it literally takes two seconds and I would be so grateful if you could do that so let's get on with the episode and we can hear more about plant medicine and psychedelics and how they can help us to heal the world but before we go into it a very quick word from our partners I'm so excited to be working with Block Blue Light again. You guys know I talk about their blue light blocking glasses a lot, but I actually have new reason to talk to you about them now. So a lot of you know we're renovating our new house at the moment and we have decided to go ahead and kit out our entire house with anti-blue light bulbs because of how damaging modern lighting is to our health and our sleep. We wanted to change everything modern houses usually have that we never question, but that are actually really detrimental to health. So in this case, things like not having dimmers because they release such high EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies, or not having LED or fluorescent lighting anywhere, which seems crazy to everyone because that's just what we're used to. We wanted lights without damaging blue light But in rooms like the kitchen, I really wanted to make sure I still had enough light, especially living in the UK where it gets dark at 4pm in the winter. And this was a little bit of a concern of mine because I still really want the house to be fully functional for modern living. But the Block Blue Light team created the world's first biologically friendly day-to-night full-spectrum light bulb. And that's a lighting technology that really closely replicates the same visual colour spectrum as visible natural light from the sun, And this sort of exposure to full spectrum light will increase energy throughout the day and uplifts our mood and increases overall well-being. And of course, these lights are super low EMF and low EMF is something I've become hyper aware of in recent years and something we're really trying to focus on with this house. So for rooms where we don't need lights that are as bright, we've opted for their amber light and taken their advice on things like having floor and table lamps. So after dusk, we'd only have lights at eye height. Because our ancestors would have only had firelight after dusk, right? And no overhead lighting. And we know that when we mimic our natural states as much as possible, our health thrives. And we wanted to make sure we did this with our new home in every way we could. So they also created the first ever blue light free reading lamp that attaches to your book. And it has three brightness settings, but no blue light whatsoever. So it won't damage my sleep in any way, which is life changing for me because I read in bed every night. Now this is the third season Reconditioned have teamed up with Block Blue Light because we all know that healthy eating is essential and all of that great stuff but not enough people know of how important reducing our exposure to blue light and EMFs is and I really want to continue sharing this message. Sleep optimization is key to health and these products really maximize that. So you can go ahead and use the code LV20 at checkout on blockbluelight.co.uk for 20% discount across the entire range. Thank you so much to Block Blue Light. And now, an uninterrupted episode. Jonathan De Potter is the founder and CEO of Behold Retreats, a bespoke wellness service that facilitates journeys of self-discovery and transformation, supported by the scientifically proven benefits of plant medicine therapy, Known to some as psychedelics. Following his own journey with plant medicine, Jonathan's passion about raising awareness into the benefits of plant medicine therapy and its potential to improve well being and mental health outcomes led him to launch Behold Retreats in 2020, providing curated programs incorporating memorable plant medicine retreats in a safe, legal, and highly supported setting. Originally from Hawaii, Jonathan is currently based in Pan- Bangkok, Thailand traveling often to continue his research into the best plant medicine retreat centers around the world. So welcome, Jonathan.
0: Thank you, Lauren. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: It's a pleasure to have you. It's interesting. I think I said to you probably in our email exchange, you originally contacted me and I, I very rarely start interviews or go forward with interviews of people who have contacted me because I've got such a long list of people that I'm interested in, in speaking to and getting through my list. But as soon as I saw your email and I saw plant medicine, and then I saw exactly what it is that you do and specifically about you and your journey. I was like, I've got to get this guy on (laughs) because it's just as we know, you know, the world, the universe is so synchronistic and I am very much being led down that path at the moment as well. So very excited to start this chat.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, I think you've got such an incredible story to tell yourself in terms of your own healing journey, but also I love the holistic approach. You know, I think that's, that's one thing that I could see really aligns in terms of thinking of health from the perspective of the physical, the mental, the emotional, and of course, the spiritual. And I think, mm. um, you know, these medicines have been, for various reasons, kind of suppressed over the ages. And mm. now they're ready to make themselves known. And it's in a very exciting time. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of people who are perhaps, I would say, even overexcited about the potential yeah. of plant yeah. medicine. And so perhaps not uh, not exploring it with the right reverence uh, for these powerful experiences. So yeah, super, super pleased to connect and uh, see what good things may come.
1: Yes, I, and I agree with what you've just said about um, not coming to it with the right reverence. So we'll get into all of that. Before we get into the whole chat, I always start with the same question with my guest, which is what have you done so far today to support your wellness? Now, I know obviously you're quite far ahead of me time-wise because you're in Bangkok.
0: I'm actually um, moved down to the south of Thailand. So now on a oh. beautiful little island uh, that oh facilitates health and well-being. Much better, uh, and my mom moved in with me about six months ago. Uh, so actually, today went for a nice walk on the beach and uh, watched the sunset.
1: I'm coming. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> as I speak from my office in my very gloomy London house.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. There's um, as uh, it's just kind of things have kind of opened back up here over the last uh, month or two, and more and more people. You kind of hear them saying that's it. You know, I'm, I'm not going back. I'm going to have someone else pack yeah. up my house back home because I just, I'm not going back.
1: <laughs> mm, well, do you know what my community and I've been speaking about it? We have a little, there's a group of us who kind of live you know, more naturally and raise our children with with nature in mind. Most of us live within this area, within our our community. Here's like a subgroup of the community. And we've spoken about recently how if things keep going the way they're going and we keep getting pushed and pushed and pushed further out of what we feel is right for us and our bodies, we won't have any choice but to do that. And perhaps it's pushing us to that for a reason. Perhaps we're getting pushed so far out of our comfort zones for that very reason to enable us to do that. My husband and I'm g- going off on such a tangent, but very quickly, <laughs> my dad's originally Moroccan, Jewish Moroccan, and um, he was actually born in Morocco. And we found out recently that Jewish Moroccans have um, this right to claim Portuguese citizenship based on being you know, chucked out of Portugal and Spain during the Spanish Inquisition. So we have just gone ahead to begin our citizenship so that we have at least the option of Portugal if <laughs> nowhere else. Mm-hmm. However, really want to talk to you about South America and all of that. So what have you done so far today to support your wellness? Was it going for a walk on the beach?
0: Yeah, going yeah. for a walk yeah. on the beach. Also did, did some meditation this morning. I meditate virtually every morning. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, I think I think what you said is is prevalent because I really do see big movements of yeah. people to pockets yeah. of places where they can, you know, live life as they see fit. I think it's yeah. it's what many of us are looking for.
1: Yeah. I agree. I I know of a lot of people moving to Mexico, Costa Rica, and I know you've done a lot in, in South America. So let's start by talking about your journey and how you came to plant medicine and behold retreats and how all that started. I'm also really interested. You opened a business right in the pandemic, so when everything was mm-hmm. pretty difficult, but um I'm guessing that plant medicine found its way to to help you with that anyway. So take us through your story.
0: Yeah, so I guess the the right place to start is that I actually come from pretty open-minded hippie and spiritual parents. Yeah. And so, of course, I went the other direction very early in life and was completely closed off to uh, spiritual ideas and, and realities. And I found my way into the corporate world as first a programmer and then as a management and strategy consultant. So five years ago, I was working in Hong Kong, leading a team of about 120, you know, high powered consultants at work most days by 7am, finishing at 10pm, you know, straight down for a quick dinner and, you know, four or five drinks before doing it all over again. And um, I guess I just, I just remember looking at myself in the mirror one day and saying, this can't be it. I don't know what it is but this can't be it you know the next client the next deal the next thing isn't going to bring me any incremental happiness so you know if i look at the mentorship and the leadership that i had around me there was no one that i was really aspiring towards any longer and so i just knew that there was something else out there for me i didn't know what it was at the time but i decided to take a year off and so as part of that year A couple friends came and joined me in Peru and uh, we embarked upon what was uh, the most mind bending and honestly terrifying experience of my life. And uh, I'm very grateful for it. I now recognize that it wasn't I wasn't prepared for the experience. Uh, I wasn't uh, held on the spiritual planes as, um, you know as is preferable in relation to these experiences. Um, but ultimately, it did set me on a, a very a, a fundamentally different path, which has been, you know, as I like to describe, very humbling and uh, a path of what I would describe as unlearning uh, a lot of the things that I, uh, I had as preconceived notions in terms of what I was, who we are, what reality is and the relationship between those things.
1: Wow. So that. So when you talk about this kind of mind-bending journey, that was your first plant medicine journey.
0: It was. You know, I was um, growing up in Hawaii, where where I did. Uh, it's what I would describe as a pretty substance-rich environment, but all I saw was negativity and abuse and kind of dark energy uh, around it, and so. For me, even though most of my friends honestly found drugs and substances at like 10, 11, 12 years old, I just I never wanted anything to do with it because of what I saw around it. So it actually took quite a lot for me personally to open my mind. And so it was, you know, I was 33 years old uh, when when me and my friends went to Peru uh, and I finally felt ready to to be able to explore my own consciousness in that way.
1: Right, because let's you know explain for people who are listening who don't have maybe a deep understanding of plant medicine and or you know uh, maybe have that kind of view of psychedelics as something that was is dangerous and was outlawed. Um, it's it well, so I work with a South American shaman, and <clears throat> my understanding is that, um, and I think everyone has their own understanding of this, <laughs> and uh, perhaps I'm wrong. Um, but the way I've come to it through, through his teachings, and these aren't his words exactly, but I think the, the South American shamans see plant medicine as this a powerful tool that was potentially put on this earth by some other beings, some other higher intelligence, that if we can come out of our human thinking minds to start thinking, stop thinking about it looking like ET, but actually start thinking about something maybe our minds can't fathom but this higher intelligence gifted us this offering of plant medicine dotted it around in different areas and enabled us what enabled the elders of the tribes people who had access to this higher consciousness who had access to 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 be able to have a deep understanding of what these was what these things were and they were put there for us to be able to access higher levels of consciousness deeper states of awareness ourselves in order to help us heal and, I guess, go further into our own spiritual evolution. That's my understanding of it. Or That's how kind of how I think about plant medicine. It's a tool for healing and to help us reach these higher states of consciousness, but it can be abused. And I think, you know, perhaps it's something that we have to be held. Like you said, you weren't being held correctly in that first way. And my understanding is that the the shamans or the elders would hold you know the tribe would hold you when you went through a ceremony an understanding of what the medicine was offering you however hard that was you know quote unquote hard in a physical sense for the body there were things happening for a reason do you come from that same kind of understanding would you have a different perception of it
0: yeah yeah I think that's beautifully said and I think you know insofar as as spiritual guidance and evolutionary science and the academics, uh, can tell us, I think, you know, those, those, that sort of storyline triangulates well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few other pieces that come to mind in hearing you share that. And I think one is that, um, we really do need to do the mental and emotional work alongside these powerful spiritual experiences, right? So, um, I think there's at the moment, there's kind of two different paradigms, right? There's a kind of Western clinical model um, that is being kind of perpetuated and invested in these days. Mm -hmm. And then we have the ancient wisdom traditions, which is what you're referring to. And I think there's actually a little bit of the best of both worlds that uh, we try to bring together, because in what I would describe as the ancient wisdom traditions, They're not used to dealing with the 10 generations of intergenerational trauma that someone who's flying down from New York or London, you know, for a week long retreat in the jungle is actually bringing with them. Because, you know, as as you said, they're used to doing these experiences and these rites of passage in the context and in the community and in the culture Uh, that people come from and so the container is a very different one than say a foreigner like you or i trying to bring themselves into these very powerful experiences because they
1: all know each other and they know each other's mother and grandmother and great-grandfather and they know that that intergenerational that ancestral trauma that might be within them so they can facilitate that that's really interesting yeah
0: Totally. And, and it would, you know, over the course of a lifetime, uh, someone from a given tribe or community would be participating in a number of these types of ceremonies over time. And so there's this kind of, I would say, regular cleansing and regular clearing that's taking place within these uh, indigenous communities and tribes. Whereas, you know, in the West, uh, dare I say, we've been disconnected uh, for a while now, right? And and certainly colonialism has placed a lot of time and energy and trying to wipe out a lot of these traditions, which is why they've only survived deep in the Amazon and high in the Andes, where where colonial forces couldn't really reach them. So, you know, now we see this reemergence. And um, yeah, that's a large part of what we do is, you know, helping people on the mental and the emotional side, getting really prepared and teaching them the tools that could benefit them when it comes to the actual plant medicine work uh, because they are they are powerful experiences and so we do we do need to be ready
1: so i've got a few questions from everything you've just said so the first one is like how who trained you then who where where did your your training and your because obviously like we're saying we need to know how to hold a person through the situation, uh, through through the journey, because it's a journey. It can be, you know, a days long journey. So how how did you kind of get the tools to do that yourself? Let's start there. And then I've got some other things that I want to unpack from that.
0: Yeah. So the first thing that I would say is that I'm not a healer. I am not a facilitator. I'm not a guide. I am not a coach. Um, so while I have a pretty good sense of the valuable tools and Gratefully, I have been shown what does work, and how to identify those people who are, and we can go deeper into that. People who are well placed to facilitate and guide these experiences. I don't do that myself. Yeah. Um, now, my so own. So you journey, have other
1: people that do that within your retreats.
0: Healers, coaches, therapists, yeah, absolutely, and shamans as well. So the um, I will share a little bit about my own journey. So I went on. Quite a number of retreats over about three and a half years, and I was really determined. You know, I, I felt like there was improvements to my patience, my empathy, um, my ability to you know just see things from a different perspective. But I, on intuitively, I still felt there was something missing. And so I was reading all the spiritual books, I was meditating, uh, I was attending meditation retreats. And yet still on on some instinctive level, I just knew there was something that was just missing. And so it it actually um, three and a half years into my own pursuit, uh, I was lucky enough to meet some private healers that I was able to make more progress with them in the space of two weeks than I had in three and a half years beforehand. Um, And so there was a couple aspects of that. One, it was the mental and emotional. Number two, it was working with a more powerful medicine. And number three, it was they were also healers in a different sense than some of the other experiences that I had previously been part of in the sense that they were really able to bring a lot of the light and to transmute energy on on my behalf in a way that I had not previously experienced in my other uh, plant medicine journeys. And so having been through that experience and contrasting it to some of the five-star retreats that I had been to here and there and everywhere, I was like, it really kind of doubled and redoubled my motivation to help people avoid some of the mistakes that I had made over the years, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, again, for those listening wondering about plant medicine, because I guess in the sixties we have this view of the sixties, people just use psychedelics to get high and, you know, the Beatles were singing about it, singing about Lucy in the sky of diamonds and all that stuff. But it's so much more than that, right? It's not about getting high. It's not a drug. It's medicine. So can you talk about some of the things, some of the, the physical and mental um, conditions that people have been helped with? Because I know personally someone who, who really suffered with PTSD from being in, uh, the, in, in the army. Mm-hmm. And um, he puts his recovery down to plant medicine.
0: Yeah so there's a few things that I like to talk about in relation to this which is one of my observations is that I think it's a bit of an oversight that we tend to focus as a society today on what I would describe as the lower levels of consciousness mm-hmm. so when we come to when we talk when we talk about healing with plant medicine or psychedelics we're often talking about anxiety depression PTSD, addictive disorders, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. Um, and while, of course, you know, we want people who are suffering to, to be better, um, fundamentally, I believe that we've actually set the bar for mental health in completely the wrong place. Right. You know, we, we've done so in the West after generations of war and trauma and intergenerational stuff. And so we've actually set the bar in entirely the wrong place. And yes, while these medicines, I think they are powerful in their ability to help people to get from a bad place to a better place, they are also capable of helping us get from a good place by modern standards to a much better place. Now that takes a lot more in terms of the mental and emotional work. And that takes a lot more, I believe, in terms of the healing and the guidance. Um, And so we don't really hear so much about that in the modern media. Uh, What we hear about is people solving, you know, Pretty dark problems, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the broader opportunity for us collectively is to be lifting people up into what would be described as these mystical states of consciousness. Not just during these, you know, profound and potentially life changing experiences, but on a more permanent basis. And mm-hmm. so, as we clear out these lower level vibrations, right—the shame, the guilt, the fear, the apathy, the grief. The anger, the pride, the envy, you know, all of us have many, many layers of these lower level vibrations stuck in our energetic bodies. And so as we learn the tools and as we are guided and facilitated and you know on retreat brought up into these higher vibrations we can release all of these lower level dissonant energies so that we actually sustain a higher late state of consciousness it's not just that we break through to universal love for an hour and then come back down to earth and you know next week we're flipping off the next guy in traffic but that we're actually able to integrate we've been shown you know three miles down the path we know what is possible in terms of uh, being in loving states of consciousness. And now it's our work to bring that experience back into what I call the 3d and to begin to make the baby steps in integrating that experience so that we can live from that place, live from our hearts, uh, and, and develop our intuition and all of these, you know, beautiful things that are possible in these higher vibrational states, not just on retreat or not just in the weeks that follow retreat, but on a permanent basis.
1: Yeah, that was going to be my next question. So it's interesting that that's been your your point because, yeah, we should be using these medicines to help us reach higher states of consciousness so we can help heal the collective. So it's not just, oh, something's wrong with you, go and do plant medicine. It's, you know, let's just keep striving and striving and striving to reach these higher states of consciousness so we can get to this place of healing the collective. And, you know, you mentioned intuition, and I think that's one of the problems that's wrong with the planet. Um, I think that we're too far and we have been for, you know, thousands of years over into the masculine and we need to bring ourselves right back to the feminine or to balance it out because we need both. But the, the issue is that, you know, we have this dominance of these like heavy, heady, masculine traits with no room for nurture and intuition. And with intuition, we're able to access different ideas of what is needed for this planet in order for us to survive and thrive because, you know, but otherwise we're not really going to survive for that much longer with the way we're going. Um, so I think it's just um, really, this is kind of my point about, you know, the everyday person who is doing okay in life, discovering this in order to kind of, the more people that get to this place, basically, the, the, the more we're reaching these states of consciousness that are going to enable us to heal on a collective level. Do you see, cause I see people, I am hearing about plant medicine a lot. Maybe it's just the circles I'm in. And also I hear that when plant medicine is ready for you, it calls you. So I've been, you know, for me, it's been calling me for a while. I have started in a small way. I haven't done yet a full ayahuasca ceremony, which is my next, um, my next thing that I'm being called to. Um, but do you, do you see a lot more people coming to this and being called to it?
0: I think we have reached a a very exciting tipping point. And I I loved what you said there about healing the collective, because I think Mm -hmm. that's so true. Um, And what we're fundamentally talking, I like to talk about this in physical terms. So when we have two frequencies in in physics, what tends to happen is, well, what does happen is that the lower frequency harmonizes up to the higher frequency. Mm -hmm. And I think this is fundamentally what's happening to us collectively. We now have, probably some millions of people who are operating at a higher frequency and so those are the people who i believe are going to you know have an exponential effect in terms of you know the people who they're influencing and then there's this collective raising of of vibration and frequency and if i think back to thinking about me here sorry let me rephrase if i if i heard myself say that 5 years ago i would have laughed and now i i fundamentally Feel it, hear it, see it and believe it because health, health, I believe to be, it's a vibration. And so the more that we can raise our vibration, the better, the better off we are in terms of our, our health across all dimensions. And so, you know, I think the last couple of years has been such an interesting journey for so many, because we've had this opportunity for the first time, I think, to speak about global health. And we haven't. We've we've talked for two years about global sickness,
1: right? Exactly. Um,
0: and 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 there's very little discussion about what global health might look like uh, being had. And so it's the it's these types of forums that are meaningful in terms of inspiring people to understand what's possible in terms of improvements to the human condition, uh, because words like divinity or higher vibration or joy or love or peace. Are certainly not appearing in many of the other channels that we might like to hear them hear them spoken about and if so, they
1: do they get labeled as new age or quack quackery
0: totally totally and even even in relation to this field i mean if you go look at forbes or bloomberg or business insider you know these hard-hitting publications and i and every time i see a new article being published that gets you know 10 million 50 million 100 million views the energy that's behind it is so limiting and, and, and dim and drab rather than, you know, speaking about what's possible in terms of improvements to the quality uh, of the human experience.
1: Yeah. Um, it's again, so much to discuss there. what I, I always try to do when I'm doing these interviews, like I'm thinking, as the listener is thinking, I'm wondering how people who have, who are yet to know much about plant medicine are, what their understanding of, is of this right now. So when we, we're talking about how we can heal the collective through plant medicine, let's talk about why that's possible, what it is doing. Because again, my understanding is that it's helping us reach higher states of consciousness in a way that we're seeing things that we simply wouldn't have the understanding of without the help of these medicines i've heard of people seeing the frequency of of sound or hearing the frequency of color or experiencing this full body full being love in a way that has never been experienced before in a way that enables them to literally just everything that they thought was important because we try and do the, and I try and do this work with my own clients and it's like you know trying to 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 teach people in who are thinking with the human mind you know how flat your tummy is or how much makeup you wear or what your hair looks like isn't important but until you have a deep understanding of what your being truly is and feeling the energy of what love truly is it's really hard to grasp that those things aren't important could you give a little bit of insight on how plant medicine does that for the person that's really n- not thought of this before, not really heard much about plant medicine and, you know, has maybe heard of psychedelics as something that was used in, in the sixties to get high.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's such an important question. And I think what, what you're pointing at there is that you're trying to explain using language what is such a shift in In perception and state of being, right? That, you know, the I think one way that helps people to connect with it is that most people have fallen in love at some point in time at their life. And the their emotional state was fundamentally shifted in terms of their experience of life, right? In French, they say la vie en rose, right? You're seeing everything through rose-tinted glasses. And and so I think that's one example where i think people even if it's you know a couple of weeks a couple of months they've had this big shift in the way that they're seeing the world and even if they're working the same job and longer hours it everything in life is easy because they're in love and and so they're super excited about seeing their love that evening now what if life was like that not just for a week or for a month during the honeymoon phase but permanently and so what we're what we're speaking about is being able to release all of these lower level things that are keeping us from our true joyous self, right? A couple of stats that I sometimes like to share is that, you know, I I believe that Pretty much, hundred percent of us have been traumatized as children. Like I genuinely believe that, to a greater or to a lesser extent. Often, these experiences have been compartmentalized and suppressed away from our everyday waking consciousness, right? Uh, And I think for many people dealing with you know all sorts of disease, often it's got a you know it's got a basis in trauma as part of that disease. Could you know physical disease or emotional or mental disease? And so what we're talking about is reconnecting all parts of the brain and being able to heal a lot of the, the mental and emotional trauma, uh, that has been stored in the mind and stored in the body. And so, you know, when we are able to release those energies, then we just change who we are as people and, and fundamentally improve our vibration and improve our perception of, of everyday, everyday life. And so, I guess the, the specific shift that you're talking about is what, I, from what I would describe as from the mind and into the heart, right? And so that's from the rational states of consciousness into the mystical states of consciousness. And ultimately, when we were working with clients, um, that's something that we very much hope for them is to be able to access these these higher states of consciousness. And, you know, there's peace and love and joy are three of those that are, um, you know, often spoken about. And then there's, you know, experiences, mystical experiences that go along with these, you know, like the interconnectivity of all things, where we understand that All things in this universe are interconnected, not in a sort of academic and mind based sense, but in a real experiential and spiritual sense. Mm -hmm. Um, The other experience that people can have is universal love, right, which is when we understand that differences and debates and rationality. Are actually much much smaller than our current kind of rationalistic scientific paradigm would have us believe. You know, one of the I think one of the the, the laughable pieces in relation to the clinical trials is that they're still looking at this work very much from a rationalistic compound isolation okay. protocol based. You know, if I feed one human being, you know, two milligrams of psilocybin and do a couple therapy sessions on either end of it, you know, does that fix the problem? And these are some, you know, the human condition is obviously overwhelmingly complex these are complex non-deterministic experiences Mm -hmm. and we're trying to apply this kind of newtonian lens uh, to to what is a, a spiritual experience fundamentally and so you know these this is what i think we can all get very excited about individually in terms of exploring our own state of being and elevating our own state of being but also collectively in terms of what awaits us uh when we are no longer focused on our differences and trying to debate right and wrong, because we understand that there is no such thing as absolute truth that, that, you know, these are like all things in life. These are subjective experiences. And so perception is reality. And so we have to find new ways to love and honor one another without thinking that I have the right answers for you or that you might have the right answers for me. So I think we're very quickly moving towards a world where we need to become to recognize our own inherent ability to make decisions that are right for ourselves and respect one another for that.
1: Yeah, or make decisions for the collective as opposed to this egocentric way of thinking about everything that happens with our bodies. Um, it's interesting you mention it that point because I'm I, I I listen a lot to the Aubrey Marcus podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's obviously done many, many plant medicine ceremonies over 20 years, and he made a film about it. And this is something that he talks about that he's come to through plant medicine is seeing the the, the interconnectivity, the unicity of everything. Um, And I just wonder if all the world leaders (laughs) were to do a plant medicine ceremony, (laughs) It just makes me feel like everything would be sorted out because when these, you know, human beings that are operating from this very masculine energy of logic and pragmatism and the doing and the, the results and the statistics and you know that's only gonna g- gain a certain, you know, this result. You you could only gain a result from the consciousness that you're coming from. So, like I always talk about with health, if you're thinking in sickness consciousness, you're going to get sickness consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to get sickness. And if you're thinking from a health consciousness perspective, that's what you're going to call in. Um, So I just wonder, you know, if if all these world leaders were to come together, how they would then view the situations that they seem to be fighting, because it seems that there's always a fight. And I've come to try and stop using that word, you know, fighting the system, fight, you know, because we are, essentially there's a lot of things that we're challenging right now at least me and my community, you know, or, or, you know, fight this illness or, and it feels like, you know, world leaders and, and the way we're going in policy, it's always a fight, a fight, you know, against fight cancer, fight illness, fight, you know, coronavirus, fight, you know, the economy, the collapse of the economy. I just wonder if, you know, it would be less of a fight because they would see things more from a place of love. What do you think? Can we get them all together? (laughs)
0: yeah look you're not the first person to say that to me one of the things that i have come to recognize and i think actually um if you're familiar with the work of gabor mate of course in his recent in his recent film the wisdom of trauma
1: amazing film amazing
0: he he started to go into it and i wish that he had gone a little bit further i suspect he may do some follow-up work more specific to this but fundamentally what i believe that we're dealing with and i include myself as one of these people, because I used to be hyper competitive myself, mm. is that world leaders by, by definition are, are some of the most competitive people on the planet. Mm. And, the, and the reason that they are so competitive and successfully so is because they are some of the most traumatized. Mm. And so because they are so d- disconnected from their internal selves, the only way that they can receive validation is from the external world. And so when I see, you know, now if I see the face of, you know, a Jeff Bezos or an Elon Musk or indeed, you know, some of these world leaders, these are people who are so disconnected from themselves. And I can see it on their face immediately that they just there's no end to the requirement for external validation in order for them to be made to feel at least whole, Mm -hmm. if not whole, at least more fulfilled than they can do for themselves, you know. In, in, say, a meditation session by, the, by themselves.
1: Mm. Yeah, there's some profound thinking there, especially as Elon Musk makes his way up to space. <laughs> it's like he's trying to kind of transcend that world, and yet he needs to transcend it internally. And we all do. And that's where the freedom comes from. Mm. He can go all the way to the moon. He's still not going to experience freedom unless he actually finds that internally. What I'd like to talk about is how the retreats actually work. Where I know you do a few in different locations. Talk to me about the locations, you know, the details, like what happens, not yeah. just during the plant medicine itself, during the ceremony of the plant medicine, but what do you know? Where where do you stay? What's the? Talk me through the whole thing. Paint a picture for me.
0: Yeah, sure. So with most of our clients, you know, when I first set up Behold Retreats, the motivation was really initially to help first timers have a better, a better go at it than my first time. Um, but I've been actually also very surprised that a lot of people who have done quite a bit of plant medicine have also stepped through our program and, and our retreat. So there's two ways that we guide clients. The first is through a seven week program, which includes a one week plant medicine retreat. And the other is just a plant medicine retreat. Most of the clients that we support now uh, are going through the seven-week program. So the three weeks before uh, the plant medicine retreat, what we do with our clients is, number one, we help them get really clear on their future self, right? So we help them understand, um, you know, we surface the limiting beliefs, we surface any of the emotions that are keeping them from that future self, right? And so that really helps set very deep intentionality because fundamentally, as we spoke about before, we're trying to release these lower level emotions, but we're also trying to rewire our patterns of mind. And so for most of us, you know, we've spent decades thinking in a very particular way. And so we've got a small subset of neural pathways that are overused. And sometimes we're talking to ourselves in not very nice ways. So we try to help our clients really understand, you know, what is it that's going on in their minds and try to arm them with tools so that when they come into the ceremony, uh, they're able to release these emotions and also begin to do some of this, uh, what I would call kind of uh, neurological rewiring. So that's a lot of what we do uh, in the three weeks before, Uh, depending upon, you know, where someone is at, we'll match them with a coach or with a therapist, depending upon what they'd like to work on and with they step through our program you know it's about an hour hour and a half uh, of work uh each day for the three weeks before retreat does anyone else do
1: i've never heard of this and this is filling me with all kinds of joy because this is you know what we were saying before about the the people coming to ceremony without actually having any idea of how powerful or profound it's going to be for them this is this is amazing this is revolutionary stuff i'm loving this
0: yeah. And look, this it's from, again, my own experiences where I was having these profound retreats and then landing back at the level of consciousness. Because you didn't know how to
1: integrate before.
0: it. I didn't know how to integrate it. And I didn't really have deeper intentionality and, and, and very specific knowledge about where my thought patterns were setting me adrift, because it's it's really all about It it all comes from mind. Everything is a reflection of consciousness. The the whole universe is only made out of this one thing and it's made out of consciousness. And so um, as we recognize this and get to the seat of our own consciousness and begin to transform everything that's there, it just it opens up so much more. And so getting people really understanding you know, what they currently think about themselves, you know, what they and and how these patterns of mind are presently working today. That is what will land people on a fundamentally different place. So, you know, we've had clients that come to us in the past and say, look, I'd love to do the seven week program and the retreat, but I can only afford one. Nine times out of 10, I will say, do the mental and emotional work because you don't actually want to go on an ayahuasca retreat what you want is an improvement to your quality of life. Mm -hmm. And it's the mental and emotional work. That's probably going to grant you that rather than the ayahuasca retreat. You know, we hear about these amazing life-changing stories and experiences, but I know lots of people who have done 100, 200 ceremonies with ayahuasca. They're still full of scarcity, still full of judgment. Their relationships are still a disaster. You go over to their house and it looks like a bomb has gone off. So it's not that um, psychedelics or plant medicine in of themselves will fix your life or make improvements to your life. They're like you said, they're a powerful tool. And when we bring the right intentionality and we have someone who's guiding us from a higher vibration, then we have a chance to be elevated in our consciousness and to be able to do so in a sustainable way. And so that's really what we're trying to do differently is like let's let's try to move you to higher states of consciousness with as little medicine as possible actually Um, because you know again you don't you're not looking for a a plant medicine retreat you're looking for improvements to quality of life and so that's what we're trying to help our clients with
1: so what happens after those three weeks if someone is going through the whole program the full program
0: yeah. So after it's really about, you know, um, integration, right? So hopefully clients have had some breakthroughs on retreat.
1: Wait, Typically, wait, 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 let's go back a step. Talk to me about the retreat itself.
0: Yeah. So we work with three different medicines. We work with psilocybin, magic mushrooms, ayahuasca, uh, and also five MEO DMT, which is the toad, uh, yeah. which is generally recognized as even four to six times more powerful than ayahuasca. Um, and so, you know, again, depending where clients are at, I like to always point them back to doing their own research, making sure that they research not only the good things about the medicine and the positive experiences, like you, you know, universal love, but. Consciousness exists in polarity, and so there's something on the other end as well, right? So it's collective sickness, individual sickness, and so we can go down into some very dark and scary places uh, during these experiences. So always encourage clients to do their own research uh, and make sure they understand the challenges that can arise. Um, In terms of the retreats, we do them in Mexico, Costa Rica, um, Netherlands, and Portugal, and we're about to open up in a few more locations soon as well. And, um, you know, different, different locations, different medicines. Uh, we tend to do week-long retreats. Uh, we do much smaller groups than is typically the norm. So there's a lot of retreats that do uh, group sizes of 15, 20, 50. There's even some places that do 100 in a room. Wow. Um, energetically, that's uh, that's a lot that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we tend to do smaller groups. We tend to do group size between four to eight, which allows for um, more attention from the healers. And then we actually, we do quite a lot of private work. You know, we, we support and guide quite a few executive clients. And so, you know, when people from my professional network, for example, come and say, hey, I'm, I'm finally, I'm ready, you know, this is going on and I need to solve this and blah, blah, blah. I always am not shy to, you know, recommend if you're in a position to do so, go down the private route. Um, most people do start with a group experience. There's a kind of, um, shared, I would say there's kind of a shared, uh, safety in numbers, uh, kind of, we're all in this together for the week. And so often people start there. I think the other benefit to doing this in a group context is we can also integrate the lessons that other people have, you know, so some, someone else might be breaking through in relation to their you know, relationship and what's kept them from being more loving, et cetera, et cetera. And so you can kind of bring some of that into your own experience as well. Um, But when you've got a healer or indeed two healers that are just solely focused on you over the duration of a week, that's a very deep and very profound and very transformational uh, experience. So what we tend to do is, you know, over the space of a week, we would do three or four ceremonies, depending upon the medicine, depending upon the specific retreat and then you know around that of course plenty of time for a walk on the beach or you know a hike through the jungle um you know we've got some ethnobotanists on the team who you know really love to connect wow. people in deeper ways to nature uh, meditation and then of course you know beautiful meals plenty of time for resting reflection journaling or uh, even just swimming swinging in the hammock so uh, you know different retreats are a little bit different but we also like to make sure that we're providing plenty of space for people to do the integration work while their own retreat and then of course there's three more weeks of integration uh post-retreat
1: and so you kind of hire out retreat spaces in these places
0: yeah, so we, we've got a few locations that we work with specifically. Um, and that's because uh, we really love the people who are there. We know they know what we do, We, they, you know, and vice versa mm-hmm. um, for the private retreats. And then we have more fixed places that we work on a more permanent basis for our group retreats because we've just got so many retreats uh, ongoing wow. at, the, at those locations.
1: So, all right, let's talk about the logistics and the legalities of it, because how is it legal? It's not legal in every country, obviously. So are you doing these retreats in the countries that it's legal to do it? Is that how it works?
0: Yes, there's a little bit more nuance to it, which is um, which I would say is often overlooked. Right. There's I would say there's a difference between what I would describe as strictly speaking legal and mm-hmm. permitted. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, again, I would encourage anyone who's thinking about doing an experience to look at the legality for themselves, um, because certainly there are, you know, for example, in Costa Rica, you will be able to Google for probably 50 or 100 different ayahuasca retreats. Um, But strictly speaking, it's not legal. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it is being permitted and there are 50 or 100 businesses that are openly advertising uh, their services. So, you know, there is there is some nuance here in relation to that. Um, I think the other piece that's important in relation to this subject is that, you know, a compound like ayahuasca is incredibly complex, right? Um, it's It's got 463 plus uh, individual compounds within the medicine. And so it doesn't fit our Western medical model when we speak about, you know, clinicians are trying to, isolate a single compound and see what magic a single compound can do. And so there's very little, shall we say, attention going to be given from the medical Western world to such a medicine for this very reason. Um, And so it's interesting to see the Western model take one approach where clearly people are traveling and spending, you know, many thousands of dollars for experiences with natural and more spiritually oriented uh, retreats and shamans and healers and here comes the western medical model completely ignoring ancient wisdom traditions with thousands of years of understanding behind them and thinking that they're going to you know put a whole bunch of psychedelic therapists through an 18th month training yeah. and then you know buy some nice candles and rent out an office in midtown and that's going to solve uh, people's deeper spiritual problems so it's, it's very interesting to watch the whole ecosystem evolve you know.
1: It really is. Yeah. You, you spoke about DMT and um, it's interesting. I've seen a few studies about DMT and how um, we know that now that our own brains can produce it through going through deeper levels of meditation and experiencing these high levels of consciousness. Do you think yeah. that the plant medicine helps you to access it or helps you to have an understanding that you can access it and therefore you can access it because our brains can make DMT. So is this plant medicine here to show us that it's already in our brains and we can get to those states?
0: Yeah, I think um, I think to tie this back to what you said before, um, what's interesting is that, you know, if we wind back 100 years ago, really, we were working with psilocybin. Then along came this more powerful messenger, ayahuasca. And now more recently emerges this five MeO DMT, which is four to six times more powerful. Now, the spiritual interpretation of that for many healers is that we are further progressing in the wrong direction. And so the messenger needs to become more powerful in order to give us a chance at rebalancing uh, you know, how much how 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 disconnected we are from the feminine energy on a on a collective basis, right? As you as you shared before, so um, yeah, I mean, I think you know, for most of us in the West, uh, the trauma is so deep, and often our physical bodies are in such a bad state by virtue of diet and you know calcified pineal gland that actually activating our own endogenous DMT. And I saw that you're you know interested in in the work of Joe Dispenza. I think he's incredible. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the work, the work that he's doing, uh, in in especially if, you know because this is you know when we talk about plant medicine, these are powerful experiences, right? It's not for everyone, um, it, it, but the, the the analogy that comes to mind is it kind of uh, you know blows the blows the the door off the hinges in terms of like opening like detoxifying the, the physical body right a lot of the times the ayahuasca in particular is working a lot on the physical body and also the decalcification uh, of the pineal gland so you know if for example someone was to open up youtube and start to watch one of joe Dispenza's uh you know dmt um dmt meditations i suspect that quite a small percentage of the population would actually be able to feel any of their own endogenous DMT coming up through the, you know, up through the spinal cord and into the pineal gland, just because the physical help is just there. This, you know, the 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 alignment in the spine isn't there. And so um yeah, just the the sensitivity in the system. Uh, it's, it's just fundamentally not there. And because um, we've damaged
1: uh, our pineal, pineal glands so badly with these stupid thermometers poking at our third eye the whole time. Indeed, <laughs> indeed.
0: And so, you know, I think if, uh, if someone was to go through... If someone was to go through a ten-day fast, and then on top of that go and do a meditation retreat, and then uh, and then go do a um, uh, a Joe Dispenza endogenous DMT meditation, I think they'd have a, a you know a, a ten times or a hundred times better chance at a very profound spiritual experience relative to you know your average person driving home after a stressful day and giving it a go.
1: Do you have specific, are there any people that you, like, is there an onboarding process where you might look at someone and say you're not ready for this or you would just, you would say we don't recommend the medicine for you at the moment or the, the, you know, the, the ceremony itself?
0: Yeah. So our, both of our um, sales sales team members are very experienced with medicine, and so they're the first uh, they're the first catch. So I would say we probably turn away about thirty percent of clients who are wow. pretty eager to to move forward. Um, we don't work with. Um, people who are super depressed or have you know very serious clinical conditions or addictive disorders um, we we believe that medicine is able to help those people we just don't see ourselves as a natural uh, home we don't provide the right intensity of container um, that those people would need in order to make sure that they're being held if um, you know if uh, if there's any sort of destabilization in their own in their own mental health Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one. Um, second to that, all of our clients are also go through a pretty comprehensive uh, medical and psychiatric uh, screening. Um, and so, you know, through that, if, if there's anything on their intake form, uh, that is a flag, then, uh, then they will step through an hour long consultation with a psychiatrist uh, to understand you know exactly where they're at make sure that if they're on any meds that's understood and so we you know develop a bit of a plan together to see if and if and how uh, such an experience might be might be in their interest. so yeah we we do quite a bit to to make sure that on our side of the fence we we are um, screening out uh, the people who th- this might not be the right thing for uh, and then as best we can we try to point them, in other directions, right? We're very blessed to be uh, networked in with people who really do understand um, the various rabbit holes within this ecosystem, and you know, there's actually a lot of clients who would be screened out by an organization like our own in terms of, you know, maybe they're suffering from symptoms of psychosis or bipolar, et cetera. But there's actually now clinical trials uh, that are working with bipolar that are having some of the the biggest breakthroughs. And so, you know, if you're working with some of the best healers in particular, I believe that, you know, virtually all of these um, afflictions can be healed with the right sort of support and guidance. It's just that given that we're a, a small uh, relatively new and commercial organization, we need to be very careful in terms of uh, making sure that we're only bringing clients through our ecosystem that we have the highest possible chance of um, actually bringing to a, to a much better place in life.
1: Mm. And just before we wrap up, I'm, I'm just interested to know in terms of the business side of it, I'm, I'm very interested in you know, intentional entrepreneurship and businesses that are here to to serve the collective, which is what yours is doing. So from a business perspective, how challenging was this for you to get off of? Because it sounds like you've got, like you say, a whole ecosystem, a whole network of things going. You've got, you know, retreat centers in four different countries. You're living in a different country to that altogether. You've got salespeople. You've already got, you know, a, a load of private clients. How how challenging was that for you? And 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 is it is it proving a constant challenge, or is it kind of balancing out?
0: Yeah, I guess the first thing I'd say is it was far more challenging than I imagined. It's mm-hmm. been quite a, a spiritual journey uh, in its own right. Um, lots of self-doubt, lots of fear uh, through the journey, and that's you know that's been a beautiful part of it in terms of facing you know more layers of those things that. That existed within me um, but I, but fundamentally i've been very blessed to have amazing mentors and an amazing team and so you know we've uh, we've been able to to come through this journey together and and turn the corner in terms of um you know the the business basics as i like to say it you know i i often say to the team even if we set up this business and we help only one person it makes it all worthwhile. And we've been able to help many hundreds now. And I often describe all of the business stuff, you know, the marketing, the sales, the spreadsheets, the, all of this stuff. That's just like, I just, I describe it as it's the nonsense in the middle that needs to happen in order to be able to help people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. I get that as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, we've been, um, we've been very fortunate to um, to really be able to help, some some high impact people and to help them get more clarity and more passion in their lives in terms of you know the beautiful things that they want to do in this world and so you know for me personally it's it's never been about the commercials it's been about helping people and providing amazing containers for people to do deep work and then you know for the next step for us actually is um is moving to a decentralized business model so at the moment i'm the i'm the founder and i and I own 100% of the company, but the plants have shown me something very different. Uh, and so, you know, our job is made easier by virtue of taking guidance from uh, that higher power and just, mm. you know, staying in tune with that and um, making sure that we're we're guiding the business in alignment with the demands that are being made of us.
1: Oh, I love that. And so, how have you reached those people? You said high impact people, hundreds of people you've helped. Do you think you're being guided? I mean, you know, on a spiritual level that your kind of your vibration is so high that you're calling the people in, or has there been a business model to it, or is it conflation of the two?
0: Question. Look, I think uh, I think everything is is in divine order, right? I, I think there are people who resonate with our message, and um, you know, I, I would say often. The the types of clients that we approach do appreciate a more rational description of what's happening in relation to these experiences. Uh, I also try to put good information out there in terms of what to look for in relation to choosing an experience and why you might choose A versus B versus C. And so, you know, I think... um, We're we're reaching, you know. I think it's inherent within the human condition to want to be better, and so as this topic gets more and more airtime, and people realize, oh, there's something here that I can improve myself. Then, you know, you know, I don't think that there's a requirement to be competitive in this space because I think each of us can gravitate towards the types of clients that we want to serve, and. The plants want a decentralized model, inter- business model and ecosystem for this. And so the people who haven't received that message yet, I think will in due, t- in due course in doing their own work. And so, you know, again, like I shared, there's lots of people with negativity and judgment and scarcity, but I believe that there are larger evolutionary forces at play that will uh, allow this ecosystem to evolve in a way that's really beautiful and has the highest interest of all uh, in consideration.
1: I believe that too. I think that's a a wonderful note to end on. So are you ready for the quickfire round? I am. Everyone does the same one at the beginning, which is um, wellness is?
0: Higher vibration.
1: Oh, I love that. No one's ever said that. What's the best advice you've ever been given?
0: A ship is safe in harbor, but that's not what ships are for.
1: Oh, that's really good. Might use that. Um, A question you ask yourself the most.
0: What's important today?
1: What do you know to be absolutely true that others would disagree with?
0: We are all one.
1: Absolutely. And lastly, name three public figures that need plant medicines in their lives.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. I would start with Putin.
1: Oh, God, yeah.
0: Boris Johnson.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Be a great party.
0: And... I'm going to go with Li Jinping. I think Biden's over the hill. He's too late.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. So I would have said Kim Kim Jong-il.
0: Kim Jong-il. Yeah.
1: He's got to be in there. So I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you five. This is going to be the best party I've ever witnessed.
0: (laughs) That would be amazing. Um, Should we
1: we put Jeff Bezos in there as well? Because that might be. Yeah. yeah, he's
0: (laughs) He's a government worker. He's a government contractor. So he gets in there.
1: Right. <laughs> oh, and I've never asked anyone anything like that. So that, that was good fun. Jonathan, thank you so much. Can you remind people where they can find you and Behold Retreats and how they can get more information about the retreats?
0: Yeah, sure. Come check us out on behold-retreats.com. And um, unlike many other businesses, there's no book now button on our website. You have to speak to a real human and we'll see if you're fit for us and we'll see if we're fit for you.
1: I love that. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed every second of this. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode and thank you also for taking responsibility for your well-being by listening to podcasts like this. It's something I really appreciate. And before you go, I just wanted to remind you to check out the Recondition Your Life Academy at laurenvacneencoaching.com. It's a 12-week course that I run three times a year for small tribes of like-minded women. If you love anything you're hearing here on the podcast, this course will serve you so so deeply everything from inner child healing divine feminine healing and health optimization to how to find your purpose and how to find or cultivate conscious relationships and so much more check out all the testimonials on the website from some very happy previous academy members the growth and healing available in this course really is unique just head over to the website and make sure to get your name on the waiting list for when we launch the next semester sending so much love your way